it, it goes where it goes. Government and cheese. that's kind of the cool thing about this. Uh, <laughs> all right, real quick, introductions. We'll get those done and out of the way. Civil Tension is a syndicated podcast uh, that also airs on 24-7 WPL Internet Radio. I am your host and creator of Civil Tension, Peter Galt. And we've got co-host... John Guansi. And co-host... Ken Nicholson. And co-host... Don Severson. Who else wants to be a co-host? <laughs> got Cash? Ken Cass. Bill Hasey. Steve Clements. All right. And actually today, uh, we're talking about give me a damn dollar. Give me a dollar. Um, that seems to be the general theme of our, uh, you know, our neighbors to the left. Trying to think of a nice really good. way to say it. Our, our neighbors to the left. the left, our friends on the left, really seem to want a dollar. And they want a lot more than a dollar. <laughs> they do want a lot more than a dollar, but those dollars adds up. Those dollars add up. They add up quickly. They keep asking, do you got a dollar? Well, John uh, was good enough to send me an article about how much money is actually in the world. Uh, and so do we actually even know how much money is in the entire world? Does everybody know how much money there actually is? Uh, and how much does stuff really actually cost? Do people actually really know how much it costs to make a thing or do a thing. Uh, I don't think a lot of people really do. Well, to buy a thing is different. To buy a Depends thing is different than to produce it. Yeah, no matter what. But let's focus here on the U.S. because that's where we're sitting. <laughs> so, it's funny you ask about what does something cost because the top CEOs of the top seven drug companies are testifying, or presumably testifying, I think they're testifying this week uh, on Capitol Hill about prescription drug prices. Mm -hmm. Well, and on prescription, that's a really good topic to add into this in addition with everything else because a lot of things that people need to function almost now require a personal liquid event. And, and I don't know if a lot of people know what that means, but, you know, what would you do with your own personal LE or liquidity event? And that basically means essentially, <laughs> to, to put it in real simple terms, a great big cash fall. All of a sudden you've got tons and tons of liquid assets that you get to use. Not a lot of people experience that on an individual basis. And uh, then of course, you know, would we like to do some basic math? I, I don't. I hate. I freaking hate math. Not we'll really. take care of that. Really. Math. It's I'll let other people do that. If they have people here that want to do math, you do math. Math sucks. I just or, do, or I, I just do dictionary. I just do dictionary. I you know, do math. I, I did simple math with Don. Last week, Don took me to lunch. It was very, very nice of him. Thank you again for that. Um, you pulled a lot of thankful mileage out of that. Uh, I tell you what, because Don actually had me do some of my own personal math while we were sitting there talking, which actually, and I know my wife never listens to this, so I, I'll say <laughs> this freely. Um, it, it, it spawned a conversation. Rather, it, it was aggressive but brief because, you know, happy wife, happy life, right? Um, and, and Discretion so, is the better part you know, of uh, skimmed what, over what's that. What's that old thing? The guy's not worried about his wife listening. You're sucking up pretty good. I, well, you know, hey. Hedge your bets. Yeah, hedge your bets. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, what is that? Do you, that old joke, do you, when you're married, do you want to be, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Right. Um, so I prefer being happy. It's just much easier for me. Mm -hmm. um, but at any rate, simple math, sometimes isn't a bad thing, at least to let you know where you stand or you know where you are. Uh, but on these notes, uh, you know, we have 
Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal, mm-hmm. which I know Steve and I wound up talking a little bit about in the parking lot. Uh, we've all read uh, notes on that. We've got the people testifying about how much it costs to, to make their drugs. Uh, we've got uh, John actually was nice enough to send an article about how much money there actually is in the world. And uh, uh, not too much beyond movable assets. What was it, mobile dollars? Um, in in economic now that term just escaped me. What was it? It was yeah. actually they even cited it here. It's it's economics one hundred and one. Yeah. Well, the bottom the bottom line is that in terms of actual money in in the world, uh, about eighty trillion as of two thousand seventeen. Yeah. And so that's that's it's liquid. It's it. Eighty trillion. So eighty trillion. I spent liquid sixteen dollars. years advising international banks on how to protect U.S. dollars in their banks in foreign banks. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and you'd be surprised at how much U.S. dollars is outside this country. Oh, yeah. and, and I think Trump's been very good at trying to repatriate Absolutely. a lot of that money. Yeah. And that's very, very important for economic shifts in power. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah, it absolutely is. And U.S. currency is the most commonly used currency throughout the world. But... Um, well, the you know, fluctuation I'm, of the value, it, you know, obviously changes on a daily basis. It's changed based on interest rates. It's changed on on uh, regulation changes, on currency fluctuations, on trade wars, on tariffs. There's a number of things, and and wherever it happens in the world has a ripple effect. Um, of course, the U.S. dollar and U.S. interest rates have the least greatest effect. Um, but also, look at the currencies we see, like where Greece, it's it, it gets so devalued. It's Almost worthless one day, and or you go down to uh, go down to South America, and you see currencies that fluctuate two and three hundred percent in any given day. Yeah, you know, hence you have cryptocurrency now, mm-hmm. which in some places has greater uh, stability uh, than you do with any other type of currency, and, and it's becoming a, a more usable. We don't get it in the U.S. We don't cryptocurrencies. We don't get very well. People just don't no. look into it. Don't understand mm-hmm. it. Say it's that's the wild west. I used to trade in futures, and that was the wild west in its day. Um, but uh, but these cryptocurrencies bring value and, and and stability to people in certain parts of the world that otherwise wouldn't be able to survive on on their own country their own currency because of the fluctuation. And sure. how does that affect us? How does that affect? How is it going to affect you next week during your weekly schedule, your weekly plan? Are you still going to be able to go out for breakfast? Do you have enough money in your pocket? Are you worried about it? Uh, not personally, no. And I'm not worried about it. You worried about it? No. Nope. You worried? Anybody here worried about eating next week? No. Or are you okay? And and I'm okay. And there, therein, is, therein lies the rub. You know, about all of this, do we look at this and we go, eh, it's nonsense, and let it go? Or do we say, wait a minute, you're going, you're trying to go down a path that will actually end in me. Oh, I could please have. Megan? You know, this, uh, what we have, you know, when you talked about the 80 trillion, a few families have almost half of that. Mm -hmm. Just a few families have about half of that. Mm -hmm. And I want you to picture wealth as two big oil tanks or two big tanks. One is big banking and one is energy. That's They've piped everything to their tanks. In America, what, what, what's, what, what's happening right now is a revolution. Donald Trump has said, hey, this global thing is a lie. Let's bring things back to your backyard. Let's bring things back 
to your local place. And you know, right here in McHenry is a good example of some businessmen pulled their money out of stocks, put it in a hard asset, which is a theater and a restaurant in their mm-hmm. backyard. Mm-hmm. And the town, downtown's beginning to thrive. Mm-hmm. Americans start bringing their wealth back out. You know, we, we boycott Target or something. We're, we're not hurting anybody. But you start bringing uh, energy and uh, banking back to local community and keep the wealth here, you're going to see a huge boon, hmm. a huge boon. We did a, a, an impact study with half of the energy centers needed here in McHenry County. Six or six hundred million dollar would be the impact, and I said we forgot to count the fuel savings because you're going to have a stable, stable fuel price. Uh, at least a dollar lower than you're paying now with this yo-yo stuff going on, and you're going to that money's going to stay here. Mm-hmm. Jobs, the blue-collar working class who are dying right now right. will have a purpose. Uh, many of the older Americans that are retired, underemployed, or doing nothing are going to be able to step into advisory roles and have a purpose and a destiny, much like Donald Trump does. Mm-hmm. So this is a great hour. Uh, you guys, our jobs aren't done. You might be older, but you're, you're not done. Donald Trump has a, a destiny happening. His businesses were stepping stones. Here we go. So it's time. This is what the blue-collar people, the working class, are going to come onto the playing field. Donald Trump's been fighting a battle and a war on his own. You want to keep money local. Local has to offer services and products that people want. Right. Okay, you can't just throw up a store and say, come shop with me. Uh, right. If, if your product or service isn't wanted, desired, needed, mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of that, you know, keep keep money local, right? Every town does it across right. the, the, the U.S., I think, you know. And spend money local days, you know, mm-hmm. McHenry days, whatever, and... and, and and uh, give things away to try to bring it in local, but the reality is is, is, is when you get people who start to make more money, they start to want things that aren't local, and they start going outside and they spend it. And I, but I like your idea. You know, you want to you want to bring things back home, um, much like uh, Brexit. The, yeah, the you yeah, know, exactly. you know, the British want to kind of keep things in house. Um, they're against globalization. Well, you can't fight globalization. It's been going on for fifty years plus. Um, and it's going to continue to go on. But, yeah, I, you know, trying to keep money local, you have to find ways to get uh, to allow people to invest. Right. Yeah, that was a great move, and I know those investors in the, in the yep. theater and, and in the restaurant. Um, but I also know that some of those gentlemen who then opened up a, a shop with a meat shop uh, did not let some of the investors that were in the theater join in the investment of that shop. So you, you had some exclusion. Uh, they made it so that there were, you had to have a minimum amount to invest in this next venture, and that eliminated some of the people who were on lower on the food chain that invested in the, the theater and, mm-hmm. and the restaurant. You know, this uh, new the new <coughs> legislation they're signing right now has, has in it is a, a new stock exchange for small and mid-sized businesses. Uh, they, they're... they're they're put, that's in that legislation. If it's signed, 
you're going to be able to start smaller companies go, will be able to go public. You're going to so you can take these pro, these local projects and an energy center just one and you you'd need uh, probably thirty to forty of them in McHenry County. One of them, you, you need welders, you need trucking, you need trucking, you need uh, you, you you're buying fuel locally. You need uh, guys working the site, the processing, the separating, the uh, and then the technologies. You need. Uh, Chemists, you need uh, engineers, you need all this stuff's going to be needed to put this into play, and so you're going to see a lot of local jobs. Mm-hmm. Well, well, here, let me let me talk on that. Well, Ken, actually, you were ahead. Did you have something to say? I did. Go ahead and started out with back. entitlement and expectations. Mm-hmm. In a, in an economy where they're rebuilding a local community, it should somebody should get, have the guts to get up and talk about it and use the sentence "no work, no pay, no pay, no exactly. eat." That's how we all grew up. That's how we raised yeah. our family. That's how we are, mm-hmm. and that's what's missing. I don't have to worry about working because I can get entitlements. I can go get from the food pantry. I can go get from the church. I'm entitled to this. I'm entitled to that. So I think we need to instill that in people, that if you do not work, you do not eat. Very simple. It would help if we legislated that to begin with. Well, we don't want to offend anybody, so let's keep giving. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's okay. where you were going with your you opening statement. You want to give Big Brother another entrance right. to your but life. But then you have, have to have an administrator. Well, you have to have no, an department. Let's, let's undo some legislation that's giving Certainly. people something for nothing. I, I, I took physics from a, from a gentleman called Louis Guy, who was from Czechoslovakia, and his, his explanation of how come you don't get something for nothing was... <laughs> something that uh, guides my life to this day. And we make people believe that they get something for nothing because we you can make $45,000 on welfare. You can live very, very well in McHenry County. And if you have two or three families living in the same house, they're making 120000 a year. And they're living on one family. Right. Pretty, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and there are some folks that are very, very good at it. Our friends on the left... Uh, policies you're talking. Well, anyway, we would need teachers. We would need trainers, carpenters. We need welders. We need training schools. You need training of small business owners because small business owners typically are absolutely terrible with finances. They're, 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 I'll turn to that. You know, small business owners understand what uh, a P&L is. That's it. They don't understand any of their other financial right. sheets, uh, balance sheets, management sheets. They don't, which keeps them up. Two things keep a small business owner awake at night, meeting payroll and where's my money at? Mm-hmm. Because it's in your business, but you don't know where it's at, where it's working, what's failing, what's succeeding. Um, and then they're terrible at getting money out of the business for themselves. They'll all think that I'm just going to sell this at the end, and that's my retirement fund. <laughs> and that just, it, it, that's rare. Yeah. I can teach them how to get money out of their business now. It's yeah. worked for me, mm-hmm. and I have a method that works. So if anybody wants to learn that method, reach out to Ken Cass. <laughs> you can actually shoot a note <laughs> to civiltension at gmail.com, no and I'll put you in touch with Ken, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he'll teach you how to do that. Now, on your note, le- Ken. Legally, I presume. Legally. <laughs> legally. Legally. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's yeah, no not not out. Not out in the <laughs> alley, back talk? behind <laughs> right. you know the the dumpster. But um, you know, Ken, to your point, actually, there are many states who have now instituted work for welfare rules. Alabama is one of those recently instituting that across thirteen counties. Uh, they did that with um, did that for parents of uh, able-bodied adults 
as of 2017, requiring able-bodied adults without children in 13 counties to either find a job or participate in work training as a condition for continuing to receive their supplemental nutrition assistance program. And or how's that going? Uh, actually, the cool thing is they reported as of January uh, 1st this year, uh, from the beginning of May last year, that there has been an 85% drop in the requirement or need from that sector of adults for the assistance. Shocking, isn't it? So you get requiring wow, that they incredible get training. Eighty-five percent. They've had a result in that demographic. Again, able-bodied adults without children must participate in it. That that sector of that requirement has dropped eighty-five percent. How many um, people have moved out of those counties? So <laughs> that, okay, that, that correlation is not there, but um, certainly. Uh, let's see, the number of those recipients declined from 5,538 to 831 God, that's uh, uh, between uh, January 1st and reverse to Roll time. Roll time. I would suggest that many of those people, the way they were raised and what they've heard their whole lives about, you're entitled to this, you're entitled to that, this might be the first time in, in their life they understood and began to comprehend that there's dignity in work. Uh-huh. And I think that's, to me, is what we've lost. To Ken's point is that it's like, it's almost like there's dignity in being a victim or dignity in, you know, it's not my fault, not dignity in work. We've exalted victimhood. Absolutely. People are trying to fake it. Victimhood into a things. badge of honor, and that's, I don't understand that. Yeah, that people are faking I mean, things I so they can it. be a victim. I yeah. comprehend it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It used to be a very, uh, a thing you didn't talk about much when you were taking public money. No. Oh, yeah. When you reach a financial point where you needed help, and mm-hmm. uh, even uh, from your church, even food when banks. I was, and uh, they, uh, I, I remember when I was a kid growing up in Louisiana and Texas and places, people didn't talk about that. Mm-hmm. And, and you didn't even talk about people who were in that position. It was a gentle topic, and you didn't want to hurt their feelings. And they right, worked right. hard to get out of it, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and well, I remember being a kid and going with my dad when we would when the when the church that we were in would do you know kind of a food drive sort of thing, mm-hmm. and I mean I was very very young, but I remember going with him and we would be taking bags and boxes of groceries, and you just you didn't knock on the door or anything you just simply left it on the right. front doorstep. Right. You left it and you you know you'd either ring the bell or give a knock and then you go 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 come on come on. Come on. You didn't even address the fact that here we're, we want you to have this because, and I didn't understand this until later. I thought it was game. I was ha- actually had fun doing that. <laughs> we're going to leave stuff on their doorstep and run. Um, it was good stuff, but you know, as a kid, I was I was having fun with that. But it wasn't until later that I understood that what the intent was was what you just said. To, pervert, to preserve their dignity so that you weren't forcing them to feel humbled into accepting something that they did not ask for. You, you would recognize a need that was known, but you know we're not going to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. You know, most people want to work, yeah. and, they, and actually in a global picture, they'd want to stay where they're at. There's nothing for them to do. This, you know, this energy thing, this is going to have an impact because you're going to, the, the island nations and the third world countries, 
They don't have to go through a huge infrastructure for waste handling. They can put smaller plants, just like I'm talking about, in, in the regional areas and, and handle that waste, provide jobs. They can have jobs, they can have energy, and they can have uh, their waste taken care of all at the same time. The, America coming back home to the backyard uh, becoming strong is what makes the rest of the world come up in levels of excellence. They they can come out of where they're at because there's a way to do that, and we can bring that technology down to them. And you know, instead of uh, a few families having half the wealth of the world in their bank accounts, and they never use it. By the way, they use our money when they want something done. <laughs> let's spread it, let's spread the wealth around that way where people are working and, and actually doing something, accomplishing something, uh, bringing their own money in. Let's, let's spread the wealth that yeah, way. Let's do it by policy, not by You're confiscation. Me yeah. You can yeah. talk about that a little bit if you want. John, you've been too quiet. I'm pointing at you. No, I yeah, I know you're pointing at me. I don't know what I did wrong. What did I do? You've been very quiet. <laughs> no, you did something right, actually. John shot me a copy of an article or a link to an article uh, out of Forbes, which I thought was really truly remarkable because, to to Steve's point, it, it begin this begins eliminating the entire argument against green energy, green renewables, things like that, because this solves that problem. Right. But tell them about that. Well, I, I guess the I guess the the, the premise that I, I that I personally always come at the matter of wealth and spreading it around and all the rest of it is that does it actually maintain individual liberty and does it maintain individual dignity? Uh, I remember once upon a time when, uh, when I uh, lost uh, what I was doing for a living in the form of a recession, uh, I remember when I went and applied for unemployment, which is very different than welfare. Um, some people like to make the uh, correlation to those that they're the same, and they're absolutely different things. I remember when I went in and I, uh, I sat with my hat in my hand and I applied and was approved for unemployment. I went back out and into the car and I sat down in the car and I put my head on my steering wheel and I cried. And I sobbed because there was a stripping of my liberty, there was a stripping of my dignity. I become a ward of the state at some level in my own mind. I was not, I didn't have a place to go, I didn't have a place to plug in, I didn't have a way to contribute. Um, everything had been torn away from me in that way, if you will. And we can certainly argue, you know, to what extent does a person contribute to their own demise. But the bottom line is, is that everything had changed. And I think that one of the reasons that we started this conversation, at least uh, when Pete and I were talking about it over the preceding week, it was the fact that the left doesn't really know how to add very well, right? And whether it's $80 trillion or $100 trillion or whatever it is, it really doesn't matter. And it really doesn't matter whose bank account it's in. Uh, from the purpose of, of the discussion, uh, the problem is is that the Green New Deal is the estimated 93 trillion. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, again, the left doesn't know how to add very well, and so you have 93 trillion on on that. Uh, you have 15 trillion dollars spent on the war on poverty, approximately adjusted for inflation current dollars. Mm -hmm. So once you start adding up all the different programs and all the different wish lists and all the pie in the sky and the fact that you have welfare dollars actually competing in the job market, keeping people out of the job market, out of the labor force, uh, 
yeah, it's no wonder that we have this this twenty was it twenty two almost twenty three trillion dollar national debt that we're in. Everyone said, well, it's a fraction of GDP, blah blah blah. And it's like, no, I'm not concerned about to Ken's point. I'm not concerned about whether as I can get something to eat next week or next month or even next year. But I am darn concerned about what where my daughters will be, mm-hmm. right? And what I'm, kind of country they're going to live in? Where, where my children will be. The the, the, the issue of, of Venezuela, the issue of Cuba, the issue of uh, unsustainability doesn't come in a pounce. It doesn't come in a big leap. It comes in in the turning up of uh, turning up of the heat of the BTUs and you're sitting in a cold pot of water and all of a sudden you're cooked and there's nothing you can do. Right? Tell you cook a frog, put him in the cold water, turn on the heat, let him done. That's it. So, so uh, Bernie Sanders and the like, and AOC and all the rest of them, they love to talk about. Well, uh, I'm not even going to try to do to much uh, chagrin. I'm not going to even try to do my Bernie Sanders impersonation. Uh, <laughs> I know we've been waiting for months, for months for this. I know, but but it's the, but the problem is is that they say. We are not going to turn you into Venezuela, right? It's like, no, we want we want to be like Norway. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. How are, how <laughs> are you? you know how do you way. actually think you're going to keep us from becoming Venezuela, where the inflation rate is what, Bill? About what? Depends on the day. Like like, yeah. like could, a million percent. Could be twenty percent. Could be three hundred percent. Right. I mean, I mean, last time, the other day, I heard it was like thirty thousand percent. I mean, it's just it's off it's, the it's, chart. It is. It's just off the chart. There's a whole so, bunch of broke right. old people. And so and so the issue. So back to this article that I found <laughs> on Forbes. Uh, this article I found on Forbes that I think is really interesting, and I'll just read the title of it again. Forbes magazine. Look it up. Google it. Scientists just pulled CO two from air and turned it into coal. Now, okay, now I just want to talk about this issue. We don't need a Green New Deal foisted upon us by the government, by the federales and the people who sit uh, in their towers, sit in their uh, marble, well-appointed, Walled with conf- confiscated wealth. Sorry, kid. They don't, we, don't, <laughs> we don't need those folks telling us how it is to go ahead and get this. I've, I'm one of those people, I'm kind of crazy, I know that, and I'm just really thankful you guys let me sit here, is that I really believe that individuals with proper personal incentives will do the right thing and will overcome challenges and will overcome. Will they do it perfectly? Absolutely not. There are going to be missteps, there are going to be errors, you're always going to find people that are greedy, that try to game the system, that's a part of life. But if we think to ourselves uh, in an interview with uh, Milton Friedman and by Phil Donahue, why do we think that they're angels in government? Understand that. Right? Yeah, They're not. And so this article here, what we have is that we have this incredible global warming climate change thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's concede that it's real and let's concede that it's man-made. Let's just concede that. Do Sorry, we, yeah. we actually believe that the private sector can't fix that? Because I think there's probably a lot of money to be made in that. Yeah, and the government here it is, doesn't and here it is, fix and, anything. No, it doesn't. And here you have a process which can be done with a proper capital investment. Mm-hmm. is scalable and can occur. Even if it required governmental uh, subsidies, mm-hmm. what does this do? This maintains, again, individual liberty and doesn't force me to live in a community where I don't want to live. It doesn't force me to drive a car I don't want to drive. It doesn't force or me to... Not drive the car or not drive the car you want to It doesn't yeah. force me onto mass transportation. It doesn't force these things, which government is all about coercion. Mm-hmm. Things of the private sector 
are about liberty because I have the choice, the free will to say, I would like to go to your store and I'd like to buy your product and you'll make money because I think that you offer something that I want. As opposed to, I don't want to go and buy the thing that you're offering, therefore, in my free will with my dollars, I'll vote accordingly and I'll go somewhere else. I thank you very much for that. As opposed to the government, which says, you will comply. <laughs> you will like it. You, yeah. you will like it. Here, but did, you know, <laughs> understand that we're the only country basically in the world that we don't negotiate in, in stores to, to, to no, buy yeah. things on yeah. very many things. We negotiate maybe on buying a home car. Uh, and a car. <laughs> but you go in for everyday items and everything. Uh, yeah. uh, there's no negotiation. But you go outside. Go to the Middle East. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, they negotiate everything. each piece of almond that mm-hmm. they're going to eat. It's everything. And, and the thing that's interesting about if we talk about bringing those dollars back home. I think, Steve, you brought it. just love that. We want to bring those dollars back. We want to bring the wealth back. Why? Because the people that are making policy and the people that are writing about the policy, their lifestyles are not impacted whether it is one store closes, another store closes, because they can write whether they're sitting in New York, they can write whether they're sitting in Mm -hmm. Omaha, they can legislate whether they're in D.C., or they can legislate whether they're in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Their livelihoods and their personal incomes are not dependent upon a location. They are totally outside of the boundaries that we, most, I think all of us here in this room, are constricted to. We suffer when McHenry County suffers because this is where we live. We don't have the ability necessarily to just pick up and go as easily without uprooting our our, uh, our families, our home life, uh, uh, social connections go, right? I mean, we are connected. They are not. And so they're writing and telling us how to live when they don't live the way we live. Well, you, you shouldn't have government. Uh, you know, in the 1980s, the government is one that stepped in and, and started the creation of the housing bubble and the banking troubles. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're the ones who went to the banks and said, um, why is there only 68% home ownership? We need 72% home ownership because we want those the tax dollars mm-hmm. coming in. And the bank said, no, 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 you don't understand. You, 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 that's, that's the risk, too much risk. They create the emergency. And the government said, no, this is what we want you to do. It's so start suing you. Getting you businesses yeah. loans, yeah. back and making decisions. Are we aware that nobody teaches that? There is no way young people... Know that, right? Know no, that. They no, they don't. And In fact, I, I, my 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 son is a really intelligent, largely self-educated guy, and the first time I laid that kind of stuff on him a couple of years ago, I had no idea. He was 32, 33, and he said, "Dad, that doesn't. Uh, that's that's a lot of bullshit." Because because okay. the government bailed banks out, and he oh, came, oh, he came back six. He came back three years later and said, "Oh my." God, I just became an anti-government guy, <laughs> absolute value, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's the common phrase is if you want to get it done badly, give it to the government. If you want to get it done right, give it to the private sector. It is a mm-hmm. fundamental truth. If it's easy to understand just from a picture, from, a, from an understanding of the motivation of the people involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not incenting anybody in our government to do things right. They are not in the business of, in their own heads, of fixing things. They are in the business of getting reelected, and the way you do that is a communications fraud thing that has absolutely nothing to do with fixing problems. Okay. And, hold on, and, hold on to that a thought cynical, just a second. I want to go now from Ken N to Ken K. Because I know you, you you sat back and took a breath to say, but then you were very quiet, and then you sat back again and you were very quiet. So I have something here. to say, and yeah. I want to direct it towards you, John. Sure. So you had a job, 
and you lost the job for whatever reason, and you had a backup that you could go collect money not to work, mm-hmm. and you did, mm-hmm. and you say it bothered you a little bit, but you did it. Mm-hmm. What would have happened if you didn't have a place to go to collect money not to work, and you had to wake up in the morning and say, gee, I think I better get another job today? You know, I think that's a great question, and I'm glad you asked it, Ken, because I've got an answer for it. It's not an issue as to whether it is I had a safety net as to whether it is I had an issue of a hammock. We're not talking about people who have unemployment, that have issues, and, 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 and are confronted with a hard uh, situation in life. Everyone's confronted with a hard situation in life, and I think that the uh, one of the uh, uh, measures of a just and moral and ethical society is to provide for those people who fall on hard times, uh, whether they contribute or don't contribute to those circumstances. Because, brothers, I've all we've all been there, have we not? Can I get an amen? Absolutely. Absolutely. We've all been there. So it is not the issue of that. But it is the issue of generation after generation of being on welfare as opposed to unemployment. It is an issue of generation after generation of government dollars and welfare dollars competing with the private sector, keeping people out of the job force. When we in this nation, because of deregulation uh, and, and, and proper action on the part of the executive branch and Donald Trump, that we now have a $7 million job uh, need right now. We are 7 million in the hole. That is 7 million jobs that are not filled. Mm -hmm. And we have certainly that many people who are on welfare that with proper education, proper training. I would even go as far as to say, Ken, that it would be absolutely okay. Look, we have these many jobs. We will train you. We'll pay for that, so on and so forth. Let's get you off the welfare rolls. Let's get you into education. Let's get you onto a job because then, and you say, well, what about the individual? Shouldn't they pay for a little bit of that? I got news for you folks. They are going to absolutely pay for that in the form of their tax dollars on the one side, and they're going to pay for that in the fact that they're no longer forcing confiscation of private sector funds to pay for their for their dependency. These are the very same issues that Winston Churchill uh, wrestled with. I would encourage everyone here to read a book called Churchill's Trial, written by Dr. Larry Arn of Hillsdale College. He wrestled with these very same issues with regards to the Fabian Socialists. And that, look, do we want to have a safety net? Absolutely, completely and totally right. Have to have it, must have it, no doubt. But we cannot allow people and should not permit people that are of working age, working, uh, working able body, as opposed to perhaps a single mother who has children and she has a hard time working. She needs to be taken care of and, and provided for, but yet not incentivized to have many children out of wedlock. That's another topic, right? Mm-hmm. So that is not the issue. This, And I want to reject absolutely and categorically that we either have an absolute and total welfare state or nothing or, nothing, or nihilism. That is not the choice mm-hmm. that is before us. There is a bubble before us that's already started, and that is retirement. Mm-hmm. A 401k was a very, very poor substitute for a pension plan, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it is going to have a, a profound effect, starting with baby boomers. Because they don't have anything. Don't because have they didn't put enough away. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, because it, be, it became their response, your individual responsibility to take care of yourselves as opposed to uh, the company you worked for your whole life, which nobody does that anymore. Nobody does that anymore. Uh, you know, and then having that pension because, you know, of course, the companies don't want to have that kind of responsibility well, anymore. Well, Bill, to that point, if uh, if every dollar you've contributed to Social Security would have gone into a 401k, what would be the difference in the money you'd get out of that 401k versus Social Security? 
You know, that that's an uh, outstanding question and an argument I've, I've mm-hmm. heard a number of times. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, when you're talking about 401ks, then you're also talking about investments. Right. All right, so you're talking about risk. Sure. And, and I'm just asking the question. If you had invested the money that you paid into Social Security into the stock market for the total time you've worked, would you have more money than you'll get from Social Security? I can tell you what you would look at is uh, an annual average annual return mm-hmm. of about 5.26%. Okay. My question is, would you get more money <laughs> out of your 401k than you would out of Social Security? That's my question is, how much more or less money would you have if you would have invested You're talking about two different types of money. Okay, I'm talking about the money you paid to the government. What if you got to it's put two different that into types of investment? Money. Guaranteed income versus uh, at risk. I, I understand. Income. That's not my What's question. guaranteed about Social Security? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's still guaranteed right now for life. Sure. That's but, that, but that's perfect. not my question. Is how, If you would have invested your money that you paid to the government, how much more money or less money would you have than you will get out of Social Security? Just taking the last 20 years. Uh, yeah. You know, I... Well, it, take it, that it, time. It's a great question, but it's too, it's too difficult to answer in, in the short term because you, there's so many things to take. I don't into think account. it's difficult. Um, you would have more you, money. You, you've got. Yes, <laughs> you would have more money. You would have more money. That you, yeah. you, you, would, you would think there would. You would have more yeah. money. Okay. You could, you could take that money and invest it very conservatively. But yeah, yeah how, is that, how is that money invested? You know, what, what is the the annual inflation? You know, yeah. which but, is deducted. No, I agree. What are the costs? For using money in that mm-hmm. manner as opposed sure. to this other manner. But more importantly, the issue is not necessarily the fact that you would have more money, mm-hmm. although that certainly is nice, and I'd rather look at it than for it. <laughs> Can we all agree <laughs> yeah. on that? But, but <laughs> Another amen. Another amen. <laughs> but, but it's also the issue of whose property is it. Hey, thank you. Okay, Social Security, the way it was originally devised by FDR, it was going to be the property of the individual, and that changed somewhere in the 1960s. I think it was under... LBJ, I believe it was, where all of a sudden, Social Security account, you don't have portability. You can't take your, your you Social Security dollars, and you cannot right. take that thing and pass it on to your heirs or your mm-hmm. children or yeah. your grandchildren right. or bequeath it to those whom you would bequeath. Which you and you see what's your, happening right now. Right. Now, okay, depending upon what year you were born, can determines when full Social Security, 100%, is paid right. out to you, right. and that's going to be at, at, at 67 years old. Mm-hmm. Right. However, required minimum distributions hasn't changed. It's still 70 and a half. Right. And why are they closing that gap? They want their money. They right. want the taxes. Yeah. Yeah. The government wants the taxes. I had to make a decision uh, recently, a couple years ago, at what age do I want to go on Social Security? Mm-hmm. Right. And I had to make a decision, and I said to myself, you know what? I am going to take the money earlier rather than wait to get a larger amount. Mm. I'll take the money now earlier. I'll invest it on my own. There you go. Mm-hmm. And I'll roll the dice. And I did, and I'm way ahead yeah. mm-hmm. than if I would have just waited to get my, and this is a, a, a subject for uh, discussion, my entitlement mm-hmm. that I paid into. Yeah. But I want to go back again. From <laughs> I'm trying to get into your head here for a minute. Mm-hmm. So you lost the job. Mm-hmm. You went on unemployment. How long were you on unemployment? I don't recall exactly. Exactly. What's the point and of your question? And what happened after that? Did you actually get another job? Yes. Good. So what's your point? Some don't. Some say, well, after unemployment, then I'm going to keep looking, I'm going to extend it, then I'm going to get on welfare, I'm going to get on But You picked yourself up, yeah. and you got yourself a job because nobody dangled a carrot over you and said, you know what, I'm going to pay you not more. to work. Yeah. I'm going to pay you not to get a job. 
you're going to be fine. You actually realized that eventually you had to get on the job, and you did. I think I'm trying to understand why it is we're actually having perhaps a debate about the same side of the same coin. Well, because what I'm looking at here is that you did the right thing, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and other people do, and many don't. Right. Once well, they learn I, to I, get paid not to work, they get used to because it. Because the I'll, option is available I'll to I'll buck you a little bit on Go that. Ahead, Nobody sir. can live on unemployment. No. Okay, you can and live well. On welfare, right, and those two, are two totally separate different things. Beasts. I understand that, right? But if the they didn't have unemployment at all, you'd get you'd would get it a accelerate job. the rate yeah, at which right. people found you another job? His company had had to pay. Well, ben, they had to pay for his right. unemployment, so that the, the money was put in from his company. So he's right. he's going and taking back the money that was. What would have happened if the company would have paid him more money? That's Instead of paying it into the unemployment yeah. fee, well, but, well, so, so about it's, the fronts on the right now. Right. So, no, so, so now we want to talk about hey, let's just go ahead and get rid of let's get rid of unemployment yep. and go ahead and have what have personal unemployment insurance. Right. And mm-hmm. I will keep my money, thank you, and I will go ahead and buy I'll buy my money. unemployment insurance. You probably and, get uh, better benefits. Right. Well, John, <laughs> so, so, right. so, so again, I, and again, yeah. I yeah. think that's I think that. You know, Ken, surprisingly enough, are, and I are saying the exact same you thing. Are, the problem yes. is, is that you have a government system, and let's get back exactly. to this. You have a government system that is incentivized to have people, as Alan Key said back in the 80s, have people down on the plantation. Mm-hmm. It's just a different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're on the plantation. You're the one stepping and fetching to the will of your uh, oligarchy, of the overlords. That's all you're doing. And they get more power over your life, take more of your liberty, take more of your freedom, take more of your ability to live your life as you would before your your whoever it is you call God. And they're the ones in control. And they have power based on this. Absolutely. And they keep people out of the workforce because people don't are not incentivized to go out and get work to go out and invest in themselves, to go out and do the right things. And let me define, in case anyone's curious as to what the right thing is. The right thing is when one person lives their life and they don't use the government to confiscate wealth from another free citizen to subsidize their lifestyle. Book that. Okay? Okay. That's it. That is absolutely it. And to all of this point in this, this argument... Illinois, where we are sitting right now, the People's Republic, People's Republic of Illinois, <laughs> beyond and and to this point that you were just talking about, beyond what employers pay in unemployment insurance, it's that's what you have to do here in Illinois. You have it in other states as well, but. Effective as of November of 2018, November last year, and I don't know how many people actually really know this, a lot of employers are discovering, oh crap, we actually have to get on board with this, um, is that any employers with at least 25 employees uh, have to report to the Illinois Department of Employment Security uh, to participate in the uh, Illinois Secure Choice Savings Program Act, which requires employers to Sponsor it's a it's a mandated employer sponsored retirement plan within the state of Illinois. So something else they can pill for. It, it's essentially <laughs> yeah. If you're in the state of Illinois, that's that's not really a joke. It's no, funny. it's not. I'm, I'm laughing because it beats crying. Yeah, it's it's, it's funny, sad, not funny. Ha ha. Uh-huh. Um, exactly. But you know. Illinois is now saying, okay, if you employ 25 people or more, you must offer, mm-hmm. which 
An offering is usually an option. This is not an option. You are now mandated to have employees contribute to a retirement, a state retirement fund that supposedly they will have. Another job reduction program because when I get to twenty four employees, what you're talking about. The third most corrupt state in the country, the mm-hmm. most corrupt city in the country. We want to be number one. We've already yeah. proven to have Older stolen all right those now. funds that were forced <laughs> and pensions beforehand. Right. And you wonder why people are leaving this state in droves. Yes. And companies aren't it's, coming in. You know, it, so, so think about how, it, how we started this, and that is that the left doesn't really know how to add. They mm-hmm. also really don't understand economics. Right. AOC, after, they, after she and her cohorts were successful in chasing Amazon oh, out, of, out of New York, <laughs> made the, it was based on the argument that we can take the, the $3 billion <laughs> and we can give it to, and we can give yeah. it to, and we can give it to, and it's yeah. like, Look, I hate to break this to you, but it's not sitting in a bucket <laughs> waiting for distribution. Okay, and 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 clueless. then you lose total sight of the fact of of the fact that okay, you're going to come in, you're going to have to build the facility. Those are construction jobs. Those are people paying taxes based on increased wealth, increased uh, revenue, personal revenue and income because of overtime. I don't now, want it in my neighborhood. Well, I <laughs> <laughs> wait for it, Ken. Wait for it. <laughs> I've been gone for I've been gone for five. Five months. This is gonna be really good. Yeah. I've been storing it up yeah. just for yeah. you. And so, and so, what it really comes back to is that then you then you actually have the jobs and they're good paying jobs and they are now generating wealth and now you have more taxes and the whole and the tide is rising and everyone's ship is rising. But this wasn't about that. This was about the fact that well, if that happens, those folks. Are the people in my district, they're going to be wealthier and on their own. That means they're not going to need what? Not Government, not going to need me. But I'm my not taxes gonna, are going to go uh, up. No, they're and not. And the cost no, of, of, of groceries they, is going to go up. Because anytime, anytime a big box store comes into an environment, guess what happens? Everything goes down. You know what the biggest tax that's that's foisted and forced upon people that live in Airfingers quote disadvantaged communities is the fact that they got to walk down to the mom and pop they got to pay five and a quarter for a gallon of milk mm-hmm. because there's not economy of scale because mm-hmm. there's not uh, there's not the sufficient buying power and leverage that buying power to take that price from a five twenty five and drive that price down to. Mm-hmm. Two bucks or a buck sixty nine or whatever it is. Two fifty. I just sure. I want to follow up on the AOC because that's the one that just blows my mind. Oh. How many people are just like yeah? Right. And it's like let, let's explain this to you, AOC. It's their taxes would be ten billion. Mm-hmm. They're saying, well, if you come here, we'll make them seven billion. Mm-hmm. So that's the three billion. So AOC, you went from zero. To potentially seven billion, right. back to zero. Right. Way to go! Congrats. And, and how and many people did you crush yeah. along the way? Yeah. Along of, the way of, and of, of that whole area. Yeah. Think of it this now way: now there were people in Virginia. They were, in, I think, Reston or now, somewhere in Virginia. Yeah. Same thing. They're, they're fighting against thing. it. And so what they're doing is, and if these people were smart, so instead, of, instead, of, well, instead of power hungry, mm-hmm. which is what the left is, mm-hmm. the socialists—they're not Democrats; they're socialists. Yes. They, they, if they were smart, if they were liberty-loving, what they would say is, look, you think you don't want this in your backyard, but I'm going to tell you why, Ken, you want this in your backyard, because it's not just a matter of how much you make, it's how much you can buy. It's purchasing power. Mm-hmm. Do we need to not look any further back than the 1980s with Japan? They were buying everything. They were buying Hawaii. I was a kid. I was growing up. I remember, man, I was afraid they were gonna they the the country, they were yeah. going to buy the whole country. They were going to take over the whole country. But you know how much it costs to buy a cheeseburger in mainland Japan? $10 in the 1980s. <laughs> 
80s. They were making all kinds of money, but they didn't have purchasing power. And that's the component of economics. Say, I'm going to put that grocery store, I'm going to put that big box store in your neighborhood. Why? Because your dollar that you work hard for, constituent, is going to go further. You will become wealthier on the basis of what you not only make, but on what it is you can buy with that. And therefore, if you don't have to spend $4 on a gallon of milk, you only have to spend 2 You know what you can do with that $2? You can save for your future. You can put it in... A retirement account, a 401k, you don't no, have... I'm oh, just going to go out and buy a bigger car. <laughs> you know, but you know what I'm saying. Hey, no, right, but that's, but that's them and their liberty to do it. But they're in their liberty to do it, as opposed to you absolutely must pay $4 for that gallon of milk. Because why? Because I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. I know what's best. <laughs> and, Bullshit. And the state of Illinois has recently saw He's to back. that. <laughs> well, he's back, and the state of Illinois has did recently saw to that. We yes. did. Because our too. wonderful new governor, J.B. Pritzker, <laughs> our, our very own Pillsbury Doughman. That's how I just Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful yeah. has, <laughs> has signed into law the, the new Illinois Minimum Wage yeah. uh, Act that will bring Illinois Minimum Wage to $15 an hour by 2025. So six people will um, get that wage because no one... Everything else well, that's the thing, though. So if you think... To win a job that pays 100 and something thousand? So you know what drives wages up? Surplus jobs yeah. Yeah. and diminished supply of labor. Yeah. Exactly. That drives wages are climbing right now without any help from the government. Isn't yeah. that fascinating? Well, they already proved in Seattle this doesn't work, the $15 well, sure. wage. It just and drove well, jobs. Don't say it's not helping the government lunatic. because there are underlying things. And it just well, rates you you want, to talk, want to talk about the unions and the how it is it's written into their contract that when the minimum wage rises, that their wages written mm-hmm. in their contracts must rise in a commensurate rate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Well, and to that point, right now I've got uh, an HR client who just let me know yesterday that you know what we actually have to have a new uh, CNC machinist who will run Mazax knows Mazatrol can do setups it's got to be a plug and play person I said okay what's your budget for it they said just tell us what they need well, <laughs> right. and there, that's there the way it should be right, exactly. instead of mandated right. Right. how many times do you go into a, uh, a fast food restaurant and they screw up your order, and you want to say, and you're getting $15 an hour? All right. Yeah, but that's the a $64 mandate. sandwich and fries. And that's true. But yeah, the mandate is not... the man, First of all, yeah, we have to understand is the everyone saying they're for the poor isn't for the poor. Uh, there was a thief in charge of a money bag back with a, a group of disciples with Jesus. He, yeah. he, he didn't care about the poor. He was mad about the oil that was wasted on, mm-hmm. on anointing Jesus' feet. He wanted to give it to the poor. No, he didn't. He wanted to take some of that money. He wanted some of that money. He was pilfering the money bag. That's what they do. They don't care about the victim. They invent the victim mm-hmm. so that you put money in and they can pilfer that money. Another another Social Security thing. And No, it's, a, it's another account to pilfer. That's the dirtiest yeah. secret. I don't yeah. have any hesitation to say that the left does not care about the poor one bit. And I'm tired of this getting people on the right being accused of not caring about the poor when I believe it is 100% opposite. Gift, giving to charity demonstrates that thoroughly. Yep. We're the ones and that kill. Yeah, and right. it just aggravates we, me to no end because care, it's we, completely flipped. We care about the poor because we don't want them to be poor anymore. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and to that point, we saw a tiny demonstration of that 
Ken, you were there yesterday morning at the Trinell Financial yes. Group. Um, yeah. They pass a bucket when you say your thing. And if people go over the lot of time, they throw money in the bucket. For charity. Or, yeah, for charity. Or, well, you were there too. Yeah, or you just throw um, in money. Or you just throw in money. Right. Well, I knew I was going to go over, so I had my money prepared anyway. But, <laughs> um, but it was going to um, cystic fibrosis, cystic fibrosis CF. In, in less than an hour, they collected over $200 yesterday. Holy cow. For cystic fibrosis. Pocket change. Pocket change. Yeah, yeah that, that amounted to pocket change from people in that room. Right. So don't tell me there has to be mandated funds. And it happens, funds, every, week, and it happens, and it happens every, every week. week. And you know, and there there are other groups that I've been a part of, uh, where you put a dollar in a cup or whatever, and at the end of the year they take those cumulative dollars and they donate it. Mm-hmm. Um, they just happen to do it right there on the spot on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, I don't mind that so much if that's the what's going because to happen. nobody's making because no, you yeah, do it. Nobody's it, making me do it. And if the government was doing choice. it, it would have cost us four hundred dollars right. for that two hundred. And I wouldn't do it if the government said yeah. you have to. Yeah. 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 It's it my choice to throw a Finsky in the bucket if I want to. Right. So LBJ took a large chunk of our money and called it the war on poverty. Mm-hmm. Okay. How's that working for us? I, that's the interesting question. As I understand it, the number of people living below the poverty line has gone up significantly on the order of 4%. But well, once again, because it can. Right. Uh, and the money we spend on the war on poverty doesn't fix poverty. It nope. doesn't have anything to do with fixing the problem. A lot of people make a pretty good living on it's it. It's a war on the people well, in poverty. You don't, <laughs> in suppose, my opinion. you don't suppose that these people that own half of the wealth in the world would have planted politicians or uh, investing in making things go a certain way, would you? I mean, when you when people on the supposedly red seats are voting for blue things, you know, that, that's a plant on the, that's a, that's a rhino plant. They're not Republican. They're, they're a planted politician. And their, their wealth goes from, like Cortez couldn't afford an apartment, all of a sudden she's living. She's going to be wealthy she, now. She's eating hamburgers and living in... in, 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 mm-hmm. in in Hightown, USA, and she's up for all this stuff. Well, hey, who, 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 somebody got you out of the bargain bin at Kmart because now you're you're just doing what they want. You're speaking their narrative, and you know you've got they gave you money. You know now you leave, you're going to leave politics with a millionaire as a millionaire. And, and we know that's absolutely the case because she comes from a background wherein she earned a degree from a university and then went out and tended bar. Mm-hmm. You know, her actual work history and career history and her education knowledge has absolutely nothing to do with the political structure of our country. But someone said, hey, you know what? Uh, you've got the look we want. You're thinking the way we want you mm-hmm. to think. Here's a few bucks. We're going to make you run for this. And, and that's okay. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's all right. I think one of the, uh, we're talking about finances and money and our economy and welfare. I think one of the biggest problems that we have is is uh, lawsuits, settlements. <sighs> and if that's a subject that's okay to bring up Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. Sure. Um, imagine if you felt, Ken, that you were wronged and you really believed that you were wronged. But I told you up front that if you win... I will give you $1 as a reward for winning. Would you fight it? Would you hire an attorney? Would you fight it? Would you go to court? Would you prove me wrong? Of course not. Uh, of course not, because there's so. no there's no benefit. But if no. I told you that you stand to get a million-dollar settlement, you'd pursue it, wouldn't you? Even if I only keep 600 of it. Yeah. So one of the issues that we have is that every time I hear about 
a settlement being made by the police department or by the government. Oh, with our money. With yeah. our money <laughs> or the school district or whatever it might be. And I'm saying to myself, well, suppose it was only a dollar. Think of how much more money would be left in these organizations or how much less our taxes would be. Well, how about we just go? Yeah. But it's all part of the financial planning anyway. Before you file the lawsuit, you have to hire a financial advisor <laughs> to find out how you're going to protect your money once you win. Yeah, yeah, that's a very important thing. I know they announced some other company name that I mean, repeat, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, but that's part of budget. Look at a hospital. Hospital puts X amount of dollars away for lawsuits because that's they correct. know MRSA, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and they're going to have issues. Well, I'm going to buy a lottery ticket for this coming Saturday. Should I open up an account with you now as my financial advisor so that when I win Saturday, I've got something to put in the... Uh, in the, in the program. No, I don't want to put in the work until you actually have the money. I see. <laughs> I don't want to do the paperwork. However, <laughs> however, if I mean, you guys are talking about your current yeah. funds, this we can is talk. interesting yeah. about about settlements and about money and yeah. about awards. But it comes back to incentive. Well, yeah. but you know, settlement lawsuits also, you know, they're they're financially driven, right? Most people think, well, okay, if I can sue somebody, it's, I'm going to make some money. And uh, really, I don't have to do a whole lot. I'll pay the lawyer or something like that. But lawsuits, you know, it, it, it are also a part of trying to stop uh, uh, bad things from happening. You know, like companies that, that provide uh, inferior products. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you're, the idea is to punish the company to stop them from making these inferior products that then harm people. Mm-hmm. And if you don't sue them and don't charge them enough money, they don't care. How many times have all of us driven down the road, looked at the car behind us to see what the value is of that car before we decide whether or not if he gets too close to my bumper, I'm going to slam on my brakes? <laughs> Be honest. Never occurred to me. Be honest. It occurred to me. Yeah. Never occurred to me. They're slamming you? on the brakes because they're tailgating. Because they're tailgating. No, but if they're an old beat-up car... I'm not going to do it, yeah. but if it's a Ferrari, I would yeah. love to do it because I'm going to own that Ferrari. <laughs> Cadillacs are better. It's going to be a bashed up Ferrari. Right. Right. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to go through the hassle. Yeah, Bill, I want to go back to your yeah, point though. When I you already got a bunged up back end, that, this that is how you. Finish. There you go. That's correct. But Bill, you mentioned the lawsuits and punishing, but you mentioned it earlier. These companies budget for those things. I'm making. I know that I am at risk because of what I'm doing as a company, so I'll budget for it, so it doesn't hurt them. I I would be, and again, this needs. This requires a lot more thinking than I'm going to give it right now. I would rather if people do things wrong, they go to jail if it's really that bad well, it's because a, that would stop them I'm very versus, with you know, oh, oh, well, well, just take it out of our slush fund because we got sued again. I'm very familiar There's with no a company impact. that has a certain type of product on the market that uh, I happen to have in my system. Exactly. Uh, that has paid, and I've, I've heard numbers of paying out as much as $300 million in, in lawsuits. Right. But <laughs> there's no incentive for them, to, and, and that they've known since 2004, it should never have been put in anybody, right. and yet right. to this day, it's still put in people. Right. And to this day, there's still lawsuits. Is that lawsuits. why you blow? Kind of. Well, yeah. Well, that's one reason. There's, but uh, uh, you that's know, just a but, sparkling but, personality. But the problem is, is that's ten percent of the profit. Right. Yes. Well, who's not going to give up ten percent of their? That's profit? what I'm saying. Is what if somebody from that company went to jail? Then, that would be a deterrent. 
Now, you have to have proof and you got to have evidence that shows that. But if, if definitively oh, you, somebody you, was putting stuff even in your with body. Proof and definitive. Yeah, they can still get good lawyers. Right. But again, okay. but I'm saying the point is the lawsuit is not stopping them from doing right. what is wrong. Right. So the goal, if you said the goal is to try to get people to stop doing what's wrong, it ain't working. Right. Send somebody to jail for doing that. I right. might think twice about it before yeah. I do it again. Well, and then you want to, and then you want to talk about a given crime or something that is wrong and or nefarious. The difference between a big company and a, and a, and sure. a small five-man operation, sure. you know, can't handle a you know lawsuit. Right, they can't handle it. So, so you want to go out of business. Right. Right. Sure. So you want to talk about that you have things that are done wrong at a, at a white-collar level or uh, companies that do things that are nefarious. I mean, the classic example is the Ford Pinto, right? I mean, that's the classic <laughs> yeah. example. Yeah. And so we can go down that path. But <laughs> but, they, but people, they make these decisions and, and they harm and potentially kill, yeah. right? Well, shoot, what, and, and those folks, what do they do? They Maybe they spend some time in a country club prison or jail. But most fine. of the time they get a pay off, slap on the wrist, and they go about the rest of their lives. Yeah. And now, and, it, and then you get some, this is going to sound kind of leftist, <laughs> but then you get this, you know, some poor kid from the west side of Chicago, does something that he shouldn't do, hurts somebody that he shouldn't hurt, takes advantage of a situation that he shouldn't take advantage of. Mm -hmm. Sound kind of familiar? Yep. And what do we do? We send him to jail, True. to a hardened prison. Mm -hmm. I'm with Rand Paul on this. That the, the This thing needs to be reformed. Is Look, if you do, I don't care if it's if you're a white collar. I don't care if you're a kid from the west side of Chicago. If you do the crime, you do the time, and that is it. It is equal application and justice under the law. If we do not adhere to that and keep that, mm -hmm. this whole experiment called our democratically elected republic will not survive. That's just, Lord, if we held if we held drug companies up to that kind of standard, we wouldn't have drug companies. They'd all be in jail. I mean, get on Netflix and see. Not if they would go to jail if they did things wrong. Get on Netflix and watch a show called The Bleeding Edge. Yeah, awesome. Sure. Yeah. yeah, all about the different types of implants that have been put in various peoples and how they should have never been done in the first place. And it was always known. And they knew it at the time. Absolutely. Yeah, but the hierarchy in these, these corporations say, you know, hey, but, you know, this is a great product. It's, it not, it's not perfect, but let's let's shove it out there and you're going to talk to your top sales guy and his sales guy's going to say, you know, hey, uh, a sales team, go out there and sell this to these doctors mm -hmm. and sell it by saying, um, perfect for young people that are active mm -hmm. and will last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Or... You know, so your doctor comes to you because he's sold that way and he tells you the same thing. And he goes, or you could put this other product in that, you know, has some issues. Well, what are you going to choose? Mm -hmm. You know, well, the one that's for young, active people because we all want to be thought of as young and young active, and, active. And, and last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And then you find out, you know, several years later that, whoops, not going to last a lifetime, not perfect, creates a whole lot of other problems in your system. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and there are several products like this, you know. Yeah, you know, could, how do you hold accountable the powers that be? Right. Because it's all based on money. Right. It's well, all that's, it is. There's, there's the root cause right there is because we've created a society that that's the most important thing in our society. And we never like to talk about how do we raise good people because that's too difficult a conversation to have. Um, that's, to me, that is a result of the society that we have created those kinds of monsters. But I, again, my goal, when I think about stuff like this, is, is what we're doing deterring it? And the answer is no, because finding people and doing that doesn't deter them. So why do we bother? Just so we can fill somebody else's pocket. All we're doing is changing who gets the money at that point. We're not fixing anything. Right. You're talking about the, you're just talking about the 
core yeah. core humanity. You know, it, yeah. the love of money is the root of all. It, it certainly is. All it's the love of money. It's not money in commerce and money. It's, it's the love of it. Mm-hmm. People living selfishly in the last days, men will be lovers of self. So we're living at that God, time. Yeah. And uh, we're, you have, you, you, I'm watching this president here who could be living a palace life yeah. the rest of his life. He's yeah. in his 70s. Why isn't he on a yacht and a golf course? He has a purpose and a destiny. Mm-hmm. He's serving. He's not lording. Mm-hmm. Politicians in this country are supposed to serve. They're ser- public servants, but they, we, their salaries are, or, or their access to money is way too high. Yes, yeah, the Whether access is not the salary access to money, right? And you know, so they're, 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 these people run for office. And they're lovers of money. They're self enrichers. Mm-hmm. They're not servants. So we need to we need to get smart again, and we elect public servants and not lords. Mm-hmm. Uh, we elect people that are not self enriching. Maybe successful people. They want they want to walk into a destiny. They want to serve. You know, they make the salaries less money. There are indeed such people. Yeah. They're just not yeah. real common, and yeah. and we train well, them differently. That after they come. And the system makes the it hard for them to survive. Don't yeah. have the monies. Don't have yeah. the luxury of right. making that choice. Well, and the right. system makes it hard you for them know, to survive. Getting back to the one to five percenters. Yeah, you know, it's it's a small crowd. Well, look at I mean, already just today on the news, you know, some some folks voted, and I forget what the bill was, but some Democrats voted for something, and Pelosi came out and said, "We got to stick together." So, in other words, you all have to vote the same way as Democrats. AOC is already out there; she's been in office all but eight minutes, creating a hit list for people that they're going to go into uh, primary because they didn't vote the way she wanted them to. Um, so that's what happens to people who do try to come there and do the right thing. As soon as you don't tow the company line, boom, we're, we're targeting you and we're going to get you out of here. You know, but look at the, the opposite side of that coin of the people who can have that choice. And the opposite side is, is those of us who do networking and quite a bit of networking will will recognize the fact that every networking event we go to is filled with those people who are well into retirement years that should be enjoying those retirement years that have no ability to even come close to enjoying it. They're working. Mm-hmm. You know, that was their choice we, to do it. Yeah, you know, in some cases it is, yeah. It, you're it, you're it, an you example know, of that. Right. It's, and, and you're going to see more and more of that because, this again, the 401k is just a poor substitute mm-hmm. and people aren't saving enough. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's terrible to watch. 401ks are not a poor substitute. It's terrible to watch. Your second line is right. Canes, but, Bill, it was their choice. When they started in the working world, mm-hmm. it was that day that they said, I'm going to go out, I'm going to get a job, and I'm going to spend the money I make today rather than save it for retirement. Mm-hmm. It was their choice, not yours. Majority, not but not always. Well, always. It was their choice. No. Why wasn't it their choice? So I just spoke with a gentleman uh, last week right. that came. Uh, he was a first generation coming to the U.S., oh, that's different. Yeah. and he came over in 88, uh, an engineer, and you know got a job and worked his way into a company that but by the time he was able to start in putting money away and into a 401k and, and investments uh there just wasn't a whole lot of time why didn't he start earlier before so, he came here to the u.s because it wasn't even known or available to him in the, in the so in nobody said part. to him you're going to have to have money to live on when you get older you better put some money away <laughs> he but didn't learn that when he absolutely learned to depends speak. where you come from that sounds like the fable of the ants and the grasshopper doesn't mm-hmm. it yes yeah. yes yeah. Well, and to the Plus point of all of that, I mean, basically, what we just we went we went through the entire process 
of looking at the root cause and looking at money and looking at lawsuits to retirement to putting money away to saving, the fact that people are not taught about these things anymore. Uh, and the, the, the root cause of this is if you look at everything, we have completely accepted and completely brought in and been okay with the normalization of the sale of our integrity and morals. Mm -hmm. We're cool with that. You even mentioned Netflix, which is uh, owned in no small part by Mr. Soros. He's got some big financial... Get a little bit of money. You know, know, and Netflix has a propaganda if you watch stuff in it. Anyway, that aside, um, we've actually got to the point where... You know, companies are going to do things until they get sued. That's why they have insurance companies. Mm-hmm. You can buy insurance for almost anything now. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, a um, member of my family who actually even acts as attorney for us, uh, is an, he, he specializes in, in other areas, but also for insurance companies. He actually reviews the policies they've written themselves and says, yes, you're going to have to pay for this, or no, you don't have to pay for this because the policy you wrote doesn't cover that. And so he actually advises them on their own daggum policies because <laughs> they're this friggin' thick, and I'm holding my fingers about, what is that, three, four inches? Um, Six. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm glad you can, can By man's measure. measure. By man's By measure. Man's yeah. measure. But uh, uh, at any rate, you know, we've actually allowed this to become normalized. Yeah. We've accepted it that, you know, at some point, integrity has a price. Our morals have a price, and it costs this much. And we apparently are good with that because we have a society that's structured entirely on that concept. You know what has a price? Freedom. Personal, yeah. individual liberty and freedom. And I don't mean that in a military way. That is, those who paid some, some paid all. I don't mean that. I mean in terms of how it is, if you want your personal, individual liberty and freedom to live your life before whoever it is you call God to be intact, you have to pay a price. You have to sacrifice. You have to plan. And you have to pray. And you can't be about this whole thing, well, I'm just going to live the life I want to live. Uh, devil may care. And when I get down to the end of the road, someone owes me a retirement. Or someone owes me this or someone owes me that. Because it just isn't the case. And it isn't the case, why? Not because John says so. Mm-hmm. It's because it isn't sustainable. Mm -hmm. And it comes back to where we started. At some level, the actions that we take as individuals and the actions we take as a society must be sustainable. If it's not sustainable, then you shouldn't do it. Open borders and welfare state, non-sustainable. It's impossible. It's impossible. Totally true. Uh, The problem is people throwing an awful lot of the votes are simply unaware of that. Exactly. And then by, you know, people are not, they don't, they don't stick to their guns because they think they're good guys and you're bad guys necessarily. They stick to their guns according to what they know mm-hmm. or what they think they know. And so what's going to wind up happening is, is that to Ken's point, are you worried about the sandwich you're going to get next week or if you're going to eat or not? Absolutely not. But we know as relatively well-educated men sitting around a table we know that this is not sustainable, and our concern is not for ourselves. I'm 48. It's not even within my potentially within my lifetime, but my children. I say, play the movie forward. Or my grandchildren. 
It's a train forward and doesn't end yeah. well. This movie doesn't end well if it doesn't change, if we don't change the uh, script writer. Right. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a body transfer going on with all the migration happening. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, like I said earlier, a, a wealth transfer would be better. And, I, and we don't have to take anybody's wealth. Mm-hmm. We just need to set something up and pipe the wealth mm-hmm. to our our own backyards. So the the problem with doing that is the government likes to get involved because they want a piece of that action. Sure, mm-hmm. How do you transfer wealth? The wealthy know how to do this. Well, the persecution you know. is always, even in, in, in the time of Christ, persecution is always about position and wealth, protection of position and wealth. Mm-hmm. And what you have right now is uh, these elitists are... They, they, you know, we fought a revolutionary war, but guess what never was totally freed up was money. We are still married to to the uh, w- uh, to the east with money. So you think the wealthy should spread more of their money? No, I don't. I think we should create things that will pipe the purchasing of people to the the communities that they're in. We, I see, agree with we that. I think we to, all agree yeah, with that. Let's mm-hmm. shut the gate valve to the elite. But the, let's that, talk about the elite for a minute. Okay. Nobody woke up in the morning and said, uh, in 20 years, I'm going to make myself elite. Right. It happens over hard work. It happens over uh, positioning yourself. And I think those that have it should be able to keep it. The good ones that have it do, in fact, spread it back over the community they already. They do, indeed. All right? right. And, and as you know, as most of us know, when we mentor somebody else, mm-hmm. it makes us better. When we pay it forward, when we share, it makes us better. So your gift. So right. So those that are in the elite position, good for them. Good for them. Well, it depends on the definition of elite. I don't think of it just financially when I think of elite. I think of the elite as the government class. And there's a lot of people working in our government right now that are the elites that aren't necessarily the wealthiest 1% in this country. Nor are they hard workers. Right. Nor are they hard workers. I agree with you. People who have earned their living, I trust you with your money way more than I trust AOC. Exactly. Simple as that. Right. Right. That's and that's, and it's that's none of her damn business what you do with your money. Correct. And and I think we all agree on that. That um, and I was speaking. Uh, was it yesterday when I was speaking? I said, "The harder you work, the luckier you get." <laughs> you ever heard that one? The harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah. To, well, we heard to, that yesterday. To, right. You heard it from me. And exactly what that means is. It appears, oh, you're lucky you've got that big contract, or you're lucky you've got that house in Hilton Head. Fact, I worked very hard. Yeah. It appears that it was luck, mm-hmm. but it was hard work that got me there. Because people don't see the hard work before they that. See the All house. they see is that end result. It appears to me. Yes. It appears that you're lucky. It's like when you're in sales. I'd like to see the hard work Pritzker did. Well, when you're in sales... Well, some people... Well, wait a minute now. A lot of people, Tommy and, and some of the other Pritzkers did to get yeah, there. They, they somebody did, just not him. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting because uh, in sales, uh, I was married to somebody that, that earned a cruise. All of her friends said, oh, you want a cruise? I love that. You didn't win anything. You worked hard. You earned it. And all of us that are sitting here at this table today earned our positions that we're in right now. I don't know about any of you, but nobody gave me my position where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. I earned it. And I would choose to wake up in the morning and earn it every day to go for the chase, chase Mm -hmm. the deal. Mm -hmm. Have fun doing it so that your family can eat. The concern here, consensus seems to be that we're all concerned not about us, but about the future and about our family. And believe it or not, um, just the same way our parents were concerned about us, 
and how we were going to get through this, and we did. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that our kids will. I know mine are getting through it right now, and then my grandkids will get through it. It happens. Um, but, but there are people, if they had their way, that will be much more difficult for them to do that. I mean, if you get 90% tax rate, 70%. Right. I mean, it's just but, 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 then, but then those people that choose to stay here mm -hmm. and tolerate it versus moving to another state like so many did mm -hmm. because they wanted to avoid the taxes and the rules. But there are people that want to turn the whole country into what we're happening right. here, though. So, so you have that choice. If I don't want to go to a dentist in McHenry to, to get a crown for $1,500, I have the option to get on a plane and go to Mexico and get that same quality crown for $250. It's my choice. It's not you or anybody in the government telling me what I can and cannot do. The problem, and that's important. And that's absolutely true. And the problem is, though, that pretty soon there won't be anywhere to go. Why not? I, I mean that within the context of Continental Contiguous 48. Right. And I'm wondering, okay, so what we've seen, though, is that we say, well, we made it through, therefore our children will make it through. That is not a foregone conclusion. It's not the parents that were in Venezuela that's, last round. Right. right. I mean, that's, that's not a foregone conclusion. There will come a day, potentially, when it is our children or our grandchildren will not see a red Texas. It will be a blue Texas. Mm -hmm. It will be a blue Florida. And, I mean, once you lose Texas, you lose the union. I mean, it's over. History there, it's tells not sustainable. Will, we will there, there's always History. a tipping point, and there's always a place mm -hmm. where we don't necessarily have the ability to battle our way back. There's always that tipping point. If anything shows us that uh, Edmund Fitzgerald did, that thing, you know how many miles, nautical miles, that thing tra traversed the Great Lakes? Over a million miles from Minnesota to, to, to Ohio, back and forth, back and forth. It was 17 miles outside of Whitefish Bay, and it went down in less than two minutes. I mean, I'm, so, I'm sorry, but there are tipping points yes, in history. Are. Well, I heard that the way that Trump is planning on raising money for the U.S. Did you hear it this morning? He put no. Montana up for sale, and Mexico's going to buy it. That's, that's something. That's, that's so, so actually, that, that theory, actually, that theory came out about a week or two ago. It was Montana. It was Montana, a trillion dollars, and it was Canada. Oh, that's right. I'm it's sorry. Canada, Canada was Canada. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes and more so, sense. And yes. so at the, at the end of it, but the problem is the deficits are not a revenue problem. Deficits are a spending, spending problem. Exactly. It, yes. Deficits are a lack of maturity we spend that trillion in the on the part of the electorate. Huh? We would yeah. spend that trillion before we can blink. You can't. Well, it's it's already, spent. We'd be $21 million in trillion in debt. Right. It it's already there. spent. And... At, at this point here, we this do actually need to. I think our time is spent too. No, isn't it? it's not. It's not quite it's the not longest. It's close, uh, but we are actually well over the hour at an hour and eighteen minutes here. Um, Just edit me out of it. Well, no, 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 none of this is getting edited. I enjoyed this one. This was great. It'll just, you know, it'll be a long one. So thank you all very much. You can golf clap yourselves out of this. And uh, we'll look forward to recording number 61 next week. Have a wonderful week. Thank you, Peter. Thank, thank you, you all. Thanks.